What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Exploration Local Podcast. We're going to be talking about small mountain towns, great new hikes, road trips and places to chill, waterfalls, outfitters, and mountain biking. You're listening to Exploration Local, a podcast designed to explore and celebrate the people and places that make the Blue Ridge and Southern Appalachian Mountains special and unique. My name is Mike Andrus, the host of Exploration Local. Join us on our journey to explore these mountains and discover how they fuel a spirit of adventure. We encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Let's go. So this episode's going to be a little bit different. This is one that you may want to have something to write with or definitely come back and listen to this episode again. My hope is that you're going to if you, if you haven't heard of these places that I talk about today, that it'll be maybe some new places for you to check off uh, a list of things to do and places to, uh, to see here in Western North Carolina. But as you know, and if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that the reason we started this was to be intentional about getting out into the outdoors, to get our family out there, to experience more of all the natural resources that we have right here in, in Western North Carolina, also in East Tennessee, um, South, uh, West Virginia, all of that area, the Blue Ridge mountains, especially the Southern Appalachian mountains, the great smoky mountains as they reach into to North Carolina, that whole area is something that we really, um, we, we love living here and we want to experience that more and more. So over the last several months, we, as we look back, um, this, this past weekend, we were, uh, seeing a couple of waterfalls, um, up Highway 215 near Rosman and Balsam Grove area, and on the way back, we just kind of realized that, man, you know what? We've we've actually have um, clicked off quite a few places here in the last several months. Both um, some small towns, uh, some new hikes, um, some some road trips, waterfalls, um, a couple of outfitters that I love to kind of share with you, and um, not so much the whole family with the mountain biking piece, but myself and and both myself and my daughter. So. Those are some things that um, that we've we've been doing, and what I want to do is sort of pause and kind of clue you in on that. Now, if you're from here and you're the adventurous type, you've already been probably to a lot of these places, so none of this is going to be new. Um, hopefully, if you're listening in, maybe you hear the excitement out of a I don't know a, a fresh pair of eyes, a fresh perspective. But if you've never visited some of these places, I hope it would be something that you would uh, or could put on your list of places to discover, especially now that we reach the fall. You know, you get to the fall, that's when the leaf uh, peeping season or leaf peaking, whatever you call it, um, is is on us. People are flocking to the mountains to see that, both in the, uh, the Great Smoky Mountain National Forest, Pisgah National Forest, DuPont, Nantahala National Forest, and so forth, Cherokee. You know, people are coming here for those things. And this past week has really sort of been a glimpse of that fall and it sort of lets you know that fall's on us. Kids are back in school, temperatures are dropping, um, apple farms are opening up. And I just hopefully maybe this can be something that you could use as a as a list of uh, some places you can add to your list. So I have, I don't know, four or five areas uh, that we've talked about. And what I'd like to do is start out with small mountain towns. I remember sitting with a friend of mine when we were looking at relocating here to to North Carolina. And one of the questions that my friend asked me was, you know, what what are you looking to get out of this? Um, what are you hoping that you're going to 
discover in in this new place? What are you hoping you're going to experience? And I remember talking to him about how I just wanted my kids to and 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 us as a family to grow up and just a little bit slower pace than than the life that we were living. Um, it wasn't you know a, a, a super busy place, but I mean the area had I don't know one one and a half million when you look at the whole metropolitan area of the of the cities that that were around us. And I remember him saying, you know what? I mean, those, those places just, I mean, they really don't exist. I hope you find what you're looking for. And when I look back now, almost eight years living here in Western North Carolina, one of the things I can say is in the words of old U2, um, I did find what I was looking for. Now I'm not going to be able to give you in the short time that we have a full visitors center, visitors bureau discussion on all of these cities that I want to talk about. But um, the ones I want to kind of share with you and the reason I want to share with you uh, about them is because they are, for for me, um, sort of a step back in time. I mean, it's the, the small town, uh, America, Main Street types of, of, of towns. And um, there's so much to do and see in, in all of these, but they really are sort of like taking a step back in time, at least when you come from some of the, the more urban places that, that we've, we've lived. So um, the first place I would tell you about is going to be Hendersonville. That's the home base. That's where we live. That's where uh, our kids go to school and we go to church and we shop. And, and, and that's kind of our, our hometown. But I remember the first time we ever came here. It was amazing. They were just starting a whole new streetscape project uh, in downtown. And if you know anything about the history of, of uh, Hendersonville, the street was wide enough so that the horses and the buggies uh, back in the 1800s, they could actually make a full turn in the middle of the street. But what the city did, what the town did, is they sort of narrowed that down and made it sort of winding and put a bunch of streetscape up there. It is one of the most walkable downtowns um, in Western North Carolina uh, to me. And, of course, it's it's home, so I'm going to be a little biased. But the, the beautiful thing is that it's literally at the doorstep of amazing hiking, scenic drives, I mean, waterfalls, once you head down into Lake Lure and so forth. And the location is really, really hard to beat. Um, you can find whatever you want there, minus the crowds, the traffic, and, and parking hassles, although some would probably say there are parking hassles, but not really, as compared to other places. I love it because it's the apple capital of North Carolina. Uh, it's one of the largest apple-producing counties in, in, in America. There's U-Pick Farms. Um, Granddad's is one of my favorites. Um, steps is one of our favorites as well. There's so many of those kind of places around here, but it's one of the most walkable, quaint, alive and vibrant downtowns as, as you'll find safe. I think it's safe. I think that the community does a lot to enrich the downtown experience, not only for visitors, but also for uh, the locals uh, as well. So amazing restaurants. You're not going to find any kind of uh, chain restaurants down there. There are, I think Hendersonville has three breweries, microbreweries at this point now, uh, maybe more, four actually, I think now that I think about it. Um, so you've got four microbreweries. Uh, they all work together really, really well. Again, you have u- really unique restaurants. You have the 7th uh, Avenue District, 7th Street District that's being completely re- uh, renovated as well. And I was at a city planning meeting not too long ago where they went over the plans for things that are going to be happening downtown. And it's really, I mean, it's really exciting. A, a new ho- hotel that's going to be coming into downtown as well. So again, Hendersonville, it's uh, probably always going to be my favorite because I call it home and I absolutely love it. Next up would be Lake Lure and Chimney Rock Village. So 
This is going to be out Highway 64. This is going to go from downtown Hendersonville, uh, 64, headed towards the Hickory Nut Gorge. And it, the, Lake Lure and Chimney Rock is a place that I've driven through a number of times. And But it wasn't really kind of until this the, the pandemic uh, was on us that things were shut down. And it was just looking for some places to get out and to uh, to enjoy and Lake Lure and Chimney Rock Village sort of was that that place that sort of scratched that um, itch for me. So you have the Rocky Broad River, which runs right downtown, and a lot of the buildings and the stores are overlooking the Rocky Broad. And there's a beautiful boardwalk that's there. Um, watching the water flow over the rocks is absolutely phenomenal. You have Chimney Rock State Park. And Lake Lure, it's one of the top 10 best lakes, uh, excuse me, best lake towns in North America. So as I said, it sits right into the Hickory Nut Gorge, which is amazing because you have just these sheer vertical walls, it seems, that go up on either side uh, of the road as you're as you're uh, driving through the, the village of Chimney Rock. And you're just surrounded by lush mountains, sheer granite cliffs, beautiful place, dirty dancing, Last of the Mohicans, these films, and, and several others were filmed there in Lake Lure as well. So most people that come to that area, if they're coming from out of town, are probably coming to visit uh, Chimney Rock State Park. It's one of the most uh, remarkable uh, landscape features in in all of Western North Carolina, very prominent in magazines and so forth. But uh, that's an option for you. Once you're inside the, the park, you can actually hike to uh, Hickory Net Falls. If you remember uh, the last of the Mohicans, there's a huge 400-foot waterfall, and that is uh, Hickory Nut Falls. And on days that the rains are heavy. Uh, the flow over that ridge is absolutely phenomenal. You can't ask for a more a more scenic uh, place. There are several restaurants, as I was mentioning, that are right on the Rocky Broad River. So no matter if it's heavy flow or um, uh, just a light trickle, there's always going to be water that's running through there. So it is one of the most unique settings of of any of the places that we've that we've been to. Now, going the other direction out of Hendersonville is going to lead you into uh, Brevard, and Brevard has become one of my one of my favorite places. And I think it's because I, I work in and through there so much that that I'm constantly through there once or twice a week. I absolutely love Brevard. It's one of those places that is a truly sort of a step back in time, and where it's located is one of the most geographically accessible areas in all of Western North Carolina. And what I mean is you have the Pisgah National Forest that's bordering Brevard. You have the DuPont State Forest. Um, Not too far down the road, you have Gorges State Park. Um, You have Caesars Head State Park as you head down 276 into South Carolina. I mean, it is an outdoor person's mecca. It really is. And not too far out of downtown Brevard, and we'll talk about it here in a minute, but not, not too far out of downtown, you can go up through the Pisgah National Forest and there are just so many amazing world-class um, uh, hiking trails, mountain bike trails, uh, waterfalls, fly fishing, camping. I mean, you name it. Similar to most towns in Western North Carolina, these little small mountain towns, you're going to find, again, unique shops. A um, couple there, you have Rocky's Grill and Soda Shop, amazing ice cream. 
Um, you have Opie Taylor's Toy Store. You have uh, Didi Bullwinkle's Outdoor Store. Um, Brevard Brewing Company is there. So again, no surprise, you have another microbrew. And an Ace Hardware. I know it sounds goofy that I'm talking about an Ace Hardware, but if you love the idea of really kind of stepping back in time and going into a place that you're always going to be able to find whatever it is that you need. And in every situation, I've gone to big box stores when I've been on jobs and uh, I've always been able to find what I need at this particular Ace Hardware. So even if you're not shopping for something, it's a cool place to go check out. You have the Brown Bean Coffee um, Roastery that's downtown. And not too far from out of downtown, you have Pisgah Coffee Roasters. And if you've never heard of the Pisgah Coffee Roasters, you need to write that down. You need to find a place where you can get that coffee. It's some of the absolute best that I have ever had. And of course, there are locally owned, unique restaurants all up and down uh, Brevard. So there's there's uh, very interesting bakeries. Gosh, I think there may be like three bakeries down there right now. An interesting um, souvenir, not not really souvenir shops, but but uh, locally made crafts and artisans. Um, I've uh, definitely uh, Christmas shopping. I'm in there once or twice uh, every year for Christmas. So Bavard is a place that uh, you uh, can walk. You can use it as a base camp. You can branch out from there to go to all of these um uh, other places that we've talked about in, in, in terms of the Pisgah National Forest, DuPont, uh, Gorges, and, and, and Caesar said, and, and others. I mean, <clears throat> you're going to be on Highway 64 heading out of town towards Rosman, towards Highlands and Cashiers, which are going to be some other areas that we'll talk about here in a minute as well. Next on my list would be Black Mountain. And these aren't in any particular order. Actually, it's a little bit of my scatterbrain that's kind of working here, but um, these are some of the, again, some of the areas that are in some of the towns that are, that are my most, most favorite black mountain would definitely have to be up there at the top for me. It was my very first exposure to a North Carolina mountain town, uh, both black mountain and Montree, uh, when my wife and I were dating, uh, while in college. So let's see, we were married in 92. I think it was, so I think it was like 1990 was the very first time that I had ever visited uh, black mountain and, from that point until, oh gosh, probably the next 15 years or so, whenever I thought of this whole area, it was just Black Mountain. Black Mountain was it to me. I mean, it was one of the most remarkable experiences. My brother-in-law, my now brother-in-law, lived and was raised in Montreat. So it is, uh, it is definitely one of, my, one of my favorite. Now, if, even if you're not from Western North Carolina, you probably have heard at some point of Black Mountain. Uh, I know it's uh, a, a popular place with, with locals, um, it is, it's just a destination. I mean, it's, it's probably one of the most unique mountain towns in the fact that you have these towering mountains all around you. It is not too very far away from Mount Mitchell, which is going to be the highest point east of the Mississippi river, uh, in the United States. There are a lot of very remote places that are, uh, around there. Um, just, just incredible. The scenery is, is really, really second to none. There are like 40 plus shops. There's like 30 restaurants. There's three breweries now uh, that's there. Um, you have the Veranda, Veranda, however you say it. Uh, My Father's Pizza, the Dripolator Coffee House, the Red Rocker Inn. Um, you have Dynamite Roasters that's there. And again, maybe I have this thing for these uh, general stores, but the Town Hardware and General Store is just one of those places that as you're walking through, you just want to kind of walk through and just kind of check it out. I think you'll spend... More time there than, uh, than than you probably would would imagine. So you can use Black Mountain as a 
man, Black Mountain, you could really stay there for a couple of days, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know that you would get a chance to eat everywhere and see everything um, just walking up and down that town. But it's a great place to use as a, as a base camp. From there, you can go up into, uh, it sort of goes up the mountain a little bit, into Montreat. So you have uh, Montreat uh, University that's up there, Montreat College. Uh, or you can take the old number nine and go over the mountain the other direction, uh, heading towards uh, Chimney Rock and, and Lake Lure. So uh, Black Mountain is always going to be, and I'm going to come back to Black Mountain because it's going to be one of my favorite outfitters too that I'm going to talk about here in uh, in just a little bit. Next up for me would be Bryson City. And again, I've been to Bryson City before. I mean, heck, I man, back in like the early 90s, um, I've, I've been to Bryson City. But again, it wasn't until most recently that I actually spent time walking Bryson City. So before it was just, I was in and through for, you know, a reason. We were going paddling, we were going camping, we were just trying to stay overnight, but I really didn't like spend time in Bryson City. And the last several months we have, uh, we've done that. And um, my first exposure to Bryson City was when I lived in in Tennessee and we come up and we paddle the Ocoee or the Nantahala or, or try to get over to the Pigeon. Bryson City was one of those places that you always wanted to spend even just a little bit of time. If it was getting an ice cream, buying a beer, doing doing something. Um, but Bryson City is one of those places now that I would definitely highly recommend as, again, a destination place. And that's what all of these I'm going to talk about today are sort of these destinations that you can spend a little bit of time there. Of course, Bryson City has so much to offer. It is uh, the Great Smoky Mountains are right there. So you are, are right on the Tennessee uh, border heading up into uh, Deep Creek. It's rich with waterfalls, hiking, um, rafting all around uh, Bryson City. Got Fontana Lake and Dam. They, in the last uh, eight years or so, eight, nine years, maybe 10 years, they really have, I think, sort of revitalized, I guess, a little bit of the downtown. I mean, it's always been quaint and it's always been nice, but uh, a lot of the shops now are uh, full. Uh, they're full of some very unique places or some interesting uh, restaurants there. But Bryson City, man, it is just a paradise for outdoor and nature lovers. Since, I mean, much of the, the, the county is is part of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, it literally bumps right up to, to, to the National Park. So again, you have whitewater rafting with the Nantahala uh, River uh, nearby. You have the Pigeon River. You have relatively close. I mean, you have to drive through the Nantahala Gorge to get to the Ocoee. But, I mean, it's there. It's probably not going to be one of the things you do in the same day. But but the Ocoee River is is definitely close uh, as well. It's also, the Bryson City is also the home of the scenic train ride on the really extremely popular Great Smoky Mountains Railroad. And so that goes along the rivers and the Fontana Lake. And if you ever get the chance, one of the most amazing things you can do is get on the Great Smoky Mountains Railroad when they're doing a drawdown of the Fontana Lake. So the Nantahala River is going to empty into the Fontana Lake, um, and it's hundreds of feet deep, um, at least I think. If, if, if I'm wrong on that, I'll, I'll correct myself in another episode. But, um, but the really interesting thing is when they do the drawdown, it, it's almost like you're looking at a western river. I mean, these sheer, you know, rock walls on both sides, and then there actually reveals some, some, some white water underneath. But it's really cool because families can go do the um, uh, the Polar Express. They change it in the in the winter time. The Great Smoky Mountain Railroads. They do the Polar Express. Um, there's some fall train rides that are just beautiful, and the leaves are changing and. 
uh, you can go into the Nantahala, um, um, Nantahala River and then also right there at the NOC, the Nantahala Outdoor Center, it'll stop. The other thing that's really unique about Bryson City is that as you go through Bryson City and into the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, you're going up near Deep Creek and you'll follow the river as it sort of ends up into uh, Deep Creek. But the the tubing there is, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, you wouldn't kind of think of tubing as being amazing. I mean, it's fun, but man, it is. I mean, when the water's at certain levels, you could definitely be almost seems like you could be paddling class two whitewater. So I've seen it at high flow there. We've seen some people take some fun rides on those on the tubes. But all along that that river, you and we're gonna talk about this here in a little bit too when I when we get to waterfalls, you can take some relatively accessible um, and probably wheelchair accessible for, for, for some of this, where you can see uh, three, three waterfalls. I actually do have a few more little towns on my list. I'm going to save those for maybe another time because of, because of time. So then now we're going to sort of uh, go all the way over to the east side of uh, Black Mountain. So we're heading kind of down the mountain, heading east, and it's Marion and Morganton. They're areas that are relatively close by. Marion and Morganton, again, they're these places, man, that I would just kind of drive through on my way to someplace else. And it wasn't until, again, recently that I've spent a little bit more time in each of these. Marion more than Morganton, but Morganton, I I do have some things that I want to explore more there. But Marion, this past winter, I was coming through Marion for work. And Man, it was just cold. It was rainy. It was one of those days that just makes you tired. And I looked to the side of the the uh, uh, downtown, and I saw this place called Ingenious Coffee Roasters. And so, man, I put it in park, went in, grabbed a cup of coffee. The really cool thing about that encounter is that I met a man named Eli Ornerg. He is the owner and operator of Ingenious. And come to find out, his dad, it was almost like the local historian for the town of Marion. I, for about an hour, got a history lesson on Marion, what it was, um, what it was uh, is now, and what it's uh, trying to become. Um, even since then, I've, I've spoken with the Visitors Bureau there uh, at Marion on some some projects, and they're really trying to make a push to to have a resurgence, a revitalization, if you will, of, of uh, downtown Marion, and that has definitely happened. Um, you can see that more and more. Maybe not the type of place that you're going to spend an entire day there, but I would highly recommend that if you're if you're in the area, you need to stretch your legs. I would recommend it. I really would. It's it's a very quaint mountain town. It's not a very long uh, main street, but uh, if you do happen to go by there, you, you have to go to Mr. Bob's Donuts. He's at 60 South Main. Mr. Bob's Donuts is one of the coolest places and the coolest donut shops that I have ever been to. He basically stays open until all the donuts are sold and they're amazing donuts. So you can follow him on Facebook. Mr. Bob's Donuts, and he'll tell you our hours today are, he'll tell you when he opens, and they close in the last donut sells. So you can't get any more old school than that, and there's always a line. Um, they've got a new, again, local craft beer. You got the Refinery 13 Taproom Brewery. Reader Brothers is next door to that. And then they have their very first craft uh, beer brewery called Micah Town Brewing. So Marion is cool. I mean, it's rich with mountain charm. It's got a bunch of historic buildings, churches, and a and a and a cool little courthouse. But the really neat thing is that the the town sits at the foot of the Blue Ridge Mountains near some really cool popular places like Mount Mitchell. Mount Mitchell's like thirty miles away. 
uh, Linville Falls is uh, about 25 miles away. And again, when we would uh, be traveling from the east to the west, we would go through Marion to sort of get to uh, the high country and up to Spruce Pine and the Blue Ridge Parkway and things like that. But um, definitely one of those places that if you're coming by, um, I would drive there. Uh, maybe even as a destination, maybe you could do Marion and Morganton in the same day. But um, but I, I definitely would highly recommend you going through through Marion. And Morganton will be the last one that we'll talk about today. So it's uh, it they're in the foothills and they're surrounded by, again, beautiful scenery, um, a ton of outdoor adventure opportunities. I spoke with a friend of mine uh, not too long ago. I took a picture of the uh, of uh, the courthouse and he said to me that, you know, he, it's where he grew up. And we, we really got to know each other when we both lived in Greensboro. But he told me, you know, at the time, I wish I would have um, appreciated it more than he did. But it's, it's, it seems to be always that way. So Morganton is one of these places that um, uh, is really beginning to go through some vi- um, local uh, revitalization. Again, the architecture is amazing. There's a lot of historic buildings. Um, it really kind of sets it apart from, from other, uh, other towns in the area. It's compact, but it's all being restored. And even to this day, when you drive through every week that I'm through there, there's more and more um, revitalization uh, that's that's going on. A bunch of cool restaurants, um, art shops, stores. But the really cool thing, man, is that right north of Morganton, just a really, really short drive, you're going to be in some of North Carolina's most beautiful and rugged areas like the Linville Gorge and Wilson's Creek. And and neither one of those places are places that you want to just kind of venture into. I mean, you really need to know where you're going. You need to do some research. You need to understand. But um, but the really cool thing is if you're on uh, I-40 getting towards Morganton, um, you can just look off in the distance and you can see you can see Table Rock. So um, you'll see the the, the peaks of, of the Limbo Gorge. So that's going to wrap it up. All these areas are areas that are, excuse me, all these towns are towns that I think are very uh, walkable. It's like taking a step back in time. It's it's uh, the old Main Street, you know, America. They're just really, really wonderful places. So I highly encourage you to, uh, to take a trip through any one of these. All right. Next up, new hikes. For a family like ours, we don't all have mountain bikes. And so it is much easier for us to... Uh, pack up, get some snacks, get our day pack, and head to a local trail and waterfall uh, more than it is um, to be mountain biking. So the mountain biking is a thing that um, one of my my younger daughter and I, she and I kind of share that passion just because we're the two that have mountain bikes right now. Um, we hope to change that. hope to get out and do a little bit more mountain biking. But for right now, we're trying to do as many uh, trail hikes as a family as we can. One of the most recent ones that we did was Water Rock Knob. Been wanting to do this for a very long time. I see a lot of amazing pictures of it. If you've uh, followed any Instagram pics or social media, Facebook, any hiking groups, I mean, you're going to see this uh, plane that crashed in the early uh, early 80s, and people really kind of hiked down into that. But I've been wanting to do this for a very long time just because of the uh, really the sunset uh, and the sunrise pictures that I've seen. Now, when we went... We went in between the day hikers. It was a Sunday afternoon. We went in between the day hikers and the sunset viewers. So we were about dusk. It was a great time. Water Rock Knob's amazing. It's at uh, located on milepost uh, 450, 451 on the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's up about uh, almost 6,000 feet. It's like 5,800 and, and tw- uh, excuse me, and 20 feet. And it's the... Uh, 
it's the highest parkway visitor center. It's not open very uh, much, especially right now during, during COVID. It is open back up. Um, you do have some pit toilets that are up there, so you do have some facilities. But it is really well known for its long-range views of, uh, of, of major mountain chains in the Appalachians, um, as well as sunrises and sunsets. When you pull up to the parking lot, you literally can look to the east for the sunrise and look to the west for the sunset. So uh, my daughter in college um, used to go up there quite often to, to watch the sunsets. But um, absolutely amazing. The trail to the top is not uh, that bad um, at all. Uh, you're definitely going to get your heart rate up. I think my heart rate got up to like 147 and my wife's was up at like the 150. So you're going to get your heart rate up as you sort of climb to the top. But it's really at a, I mean, at, at every turn you have some some pretty nice, really some pretty amazing views. And when you get up to the very, very top, you have uh, uh, just remarkable, remarkable views. Right before you get to the top, there's a trail on the left-hand side. A lot of people ask about where do you go to see the plane, and it's really simple. If you follow the trail all the way to the top, there's a trail off to the left that goes down and up and down and up and down and up, and it's not for the faint of heart. I would give yourself maybe 40 minutes or so um, one way, so you, you really need to be uh, planning well ahead with your snacks and your time and, and also your shoes. I mean, the rugged, uh, the, the train is pretty rugged. So you need some, uh, you need some boots and, and expect to get wet, expect to get, uh, muddy. But, um, if you don't want to go there just from the parking lot up to the very top where you can get some beautiful outcroppings and uh, a great place to just sort of sit, take it all in get some nice, uh, nice, uh, pictures, um, you're looking at about a 20, 30 minute hike. It's not that bad at all. So Water Rock Knob is, as I mentioned, is about milepost 451 on the Blue Ridge Parkway. So that's going to be on the southern um, section of it, southern, not southern most, but the southern section of the Blue Ridge Parkway. So as you continue to head east, excuse me, as you continue to head west, the next trail that I'll talk about is the Deep Creek Trail. This is one that is a pretty easy uh, trail. Um, very accessible. Um, this is right outside of Bryson city. So remember uh, earlier I said, you can go through Bryson city and on the back side of it, you're headed towards, uh, uh, the great smoky mountains national park. The, uh, deep Creek trail is at the end of that road. So as you get into the great smoky mountains national park from Bryson city, you're going to go into deep Creek. There's tubing places and camping places all up and down that road. It really is beautiful, but man, I'm going to tell you, it can be highly trafficked area, tubers galore, especially in the, in the summer months. Uh, if you go there more in the fall when people aren't tubing, it may not be as, uh, as bad, but three beautiful waterfalls that you're going to see. The first one that you're going to come to is called Tom Branch Falls, and it's going to be, the path is going to be on the left of the river. Um, well, I, I should say it's going to be on river right, but as you're walking upstream, the path is on the left. The river's on your right, and then right across from that, the first fall that you're going to see is Tom Branch Falls. Beautiful, absolutely stunning. Um, great place to take a um, maybe a little break, snack, water, take some pictures. Um, it's a great photo op uh, place. And then as you go further up, you start to get a little bit more elevation uh, change. Uh, you can see Indian Creek Falls. When we did our hike, Indian Creek Falls is about where we, we turned around. And as we came back down uh, towards the parking lot area, we took the trail for Junie Wink. 
So um, that one was pretty steep. We I uh, got yelled at a few times on that one um, by my wife and all the kids um, about um, dad mischaracterizing a hike again. So we all live to tell about it. We all still love each other. So all is well that ends well. So Jeannie Wink Falls is up there. Amazing little waterfall um, as well. So that's the Deep Creek Trail. Not so much of a hiking trail as much as it is as a as a trail that you can walk that um, um, that that's going to be accessible. But you also get some some pretty remarkable uh, scenery as well. All right, next up is Max Patch. So this is one that I've been wanting to do for a very long time, and we finally had a chance to do this one. Um, I loved it. It was uh, it was remarkable. It was one of the last hikes that we did as a uh, total family before kids went back to college and um, life responsibilities and all that kind of stuff. So Max Patch was fun. The only thing I would say about Max Patch is there probably are more people doing things that they shouldn't do there than people that are actually enjoying Max Patch. And what I mean by that is that there's a lot of protected area. And one of the things that was really kind of sad to see is that there were a number of people that were camping where they shouldn't have been camping. There were a bunch of fire pits that weren't supposed to be there. There were people that were um, just in areas that are, are clearly roped off and signed off. And, you know, I mean, there's I'm not going to get into a whole banter about that because um, I don't want to take away from the actual hike itself. It was beautiful. But one of the things I'll say is that if you do happen to go here, please, please, please pay attention to uh, the trail signs, um, places that are prohibited, that are off limits to um, uh, pedestrian traffic and so forth. Uh, the The trails themselves are absolutely beautiful. So when you pull up to Max Patch, just know that the parking is very, very limited so if you can go early morning or uh, afternoon uh, or, or even uh, sunrise or excuse me, sunset, it might be a, a little bit better time. Perhaps even in the morning might be a good time, too. But it's very popular for for sunset. That's why it gets a little busier in the afternoons. Um, but as you go up, there's one of two ways you can go from the major trailhead sign. You go to the right, you go to the left. If you go to the left, it sort of takes you up and around a bald area. If you go around to the right, it's going to take you, um, it's not so scenic. Um, I mean, it's pretty for a little bit, and then you're just sort of in the middle of the trees, and you can't see anything. But then, but then you come to the Appalachian Trail, and this is the beautiful part. Is the Appalachian Trail runs right through Max Patch. And you start to take the AT, and once you do that, um, man, everywhere you look, 360 is a beautiful, beautiful uh, view. If you happen to go to the right and you take the AT up, just make sure that you don't just keep you know, walking all the way up to the top before you turn around, take it in. It's a beautiful view um, wherever you are on that section. Once you crest the top, then you have this 360-degree view. It's it's a bald. It is, it is truly an amazing place. It's a place that you can sit up there for hours and just, just take it easy. So uh, it's a bald mountain, as I said. It's on the North Carolina-Tennessee border. It's in Madison County and also near the border of Coke County, um, Tennessee as well. So it's a major landmark along the Tennessee-North Carolina section of the AT, but the summit, when you actually get there, is is going to be in, in North Carolina. Cannot recommend Max Patch to you uh, enough. As we continue to come further uh, east, then the next one you're going to come to would be Black Balsam. Black Balsam is one of these uh, areas, again, it's a bald. It is uh, part of the Art Lobe Trail. Art Lobe Trail runs um, through Black Balsam. It is a must-hike on the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's uh, mileposts 
four about 420 so it's 26 miles from Asheville or so and it's in the black ball excuse me the black balsam knob area so it includes some of the absolute most spectacular mountain balds in all of the southern Appalachians including you have uh, black balsam knob Sam Knob and uh, Tenant Mountain. Now, the Art Lobe Trail itself is about 28 and a half mile trail, sort of usually done as a as a point to point destination trail. I guess you could turn around and, and come back. But um, we just did the small section going up on the Art Lobe Trail. Remarkable. That's the only thing you can say about that whole area is absolutely remarkable. Again, the time of year, time of day is going to depend on how crowded it's going to be. This is definitely one that's unique for our area. It's about 6,200 feet. It's the 23rd highest of the 40 mountains in North Carolina that are are over 6,000 feet. So once you're up there, you feel like you're up above everything. Just give yourself plenty of time. The views, again, second to none. They're absolutely remarkable. Another really, really popular trail that I've read about and, and I've heard people talk about, but I didn't get a chance to do it until this past Christmas uh, in winter was uh, or is the Bear Wallow Trail. The Bear Wallow Trail, it's located on the western rim of the Hickory Nut Gorge. So now we're location-wise, we're back down into Fairview, uh, Hickory Nut Gorge, Hendersonville, Fletcher, sort of that geographical um, area. It's uh, it, it's, a, it's an amazing hike, actually. And it's been recently, the trailhead has been um, done. It's very well-maintained uh, trail. It's pretty cool. It's a gra- once you get to the top, it's a grassy meadow at the very top, and it's it's known for these grazing cows during during the summer. There's also some old old historic fire lookout towers that uh, that are at the summit. You can't go up into those; they're they're closed. But that really is the marker for for you being up there on, on the summit. So this one is interesting. I wasn't expecting this, to be honest with you. I had read that it was pretty, uh, pretty easy, pretty easygoing trail. Um, and it is, it depends on which way you go to it. So as you're at the trailhead, if you look to your left, there's a gravel road. That gravel road is going to swing around to the left and it just sort of meanders up. If you take the trail head and you go up to the right, there's a bunch of switchbacks. So you're going to climb almost 600 feet in elevation in a very, very short period of time. I mean, it's strenuous, but it's not overly difficult. I I can just tell you that it definitely had my heart pumping and, uh, my dad was with me and, and my, uh, one of my daughters was with me as well. My, our dog was with us. We, we took, we took, uh, a number of, a number of stops, um, just to kind of take it all in. So, uh, getting access to it is, is, is pretty simple. Um, once you get to the top, again, parking, as within a lot of these, the parking is very limited for the crowds that that actually uh, go up. On this particular day, we were able to get uh, a parking place right on the side of the road. But just be uh, cautious and, and just beware. Again, it's all about timing, I think, when you go up to uh, to some of these trails. So Bear Wallow, uh, it is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful trail to, to climb. Once you get to the top, I mean, you have, again, these 360-degree views it's one of these ones that uh, if 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 the weather's right, you just want to take a blanket, lay up there, snack water, just and just chill. That's what we did, and man, it was much needed. And this was on a winter uh, winter day too, so it wasn't too bad. But we definitely enjoyed uh, the bear bear wallow trail. Another trail that's nice that I would recommend, and there's a lot of different sections you can do of this, but it's the MTS. It's the Mountains to Sea Trail. Um, the Mountains to Sea Trail is a really long distance trail for for hiking and backpacking both. 
um, it traverses North Carolina for all the way from the Great Smoky Mountains to the Outer Banks. And a lot of that section around here will run parallel to the uh, the Blue Ridge Parkway. So that's another trail that my dad and I did. I love the Bent Creek area. I love to access the Bent Creek area and the shut-in trail from the, uh, from, actually from the Blue Ridge Parkway. So if you're coming up the Blue Ridge Parkway, come in either from the Arboretum and turn and go um, south or if you come in from the Arden area from Fairview and you're traveling southbound, for me, what I did was we usually get off at uh, right about milepost three, 393, 395, somewhere right around there. I forget exactly, but if you drive up there, you'll see cars that are pulled over on the right-hand side. As you as you park there, and there's, there's I don't know, there's room for parking for about 10, 15 cars or so, all parallel parking. But as you park... Um, and you get on these forest uh, gravel gravel roads, these gravel gravel forest roads, fire roads. Um, you can go into Bent Creek, which is just miles and miles of hiking trails. And one direction will take you down into the uh, near the the North Carolina Arboretum. But what we did it was we immediately went up, and this one kicked our tail. To be honest with you, um, we got about a quarter mile into it, and man, we had to uh, we had we just start drinking some water and eating some snacks. I mean, we were, we were burning through some calories pretty good. So that was the mountains, to sea trail. Uh, we, it was the, the shut in is what we did and it was beautiful. I mean, it was just several times we, um, we came up on the parkway, then, um, we sort of dipped back down and, and went away from the, from the parkway. But we basically did a section that was like from Bent Creek to, to Walnut Cove. Now it was about maybe three, three, three miles or so, and it was strenuous. There's, there's no doubt about it. It was a, it was definitely a strenuous hike. But one of the things that I hope to do more of are more sections of the, uh, the mountains to sea trail. My wife and I have done some things up near Craggy Gardens, uh, Glass Mine Overlook. We did uh, some, some section hiking up there. We, we definitely hope to do more. So, mountains to sea trail. That's just one of those iconic trails like the AT that I think you, you definitely need to spend some time on. So just a couple more hikes here. One uh, next to last would be uh, the Whiteside Mountain. And this hike was very special to me because it was one that my daughter and I did. So she introduced me to this trail when she was a student at Western Carolina University. It's near the Highlands Cashiers area. It's uh, it's stunning. It's it's I've never done anything quite like this hike, to be honest with you. So this is about two and a half mile uh, loop trail. And it's designated as a national recreation trail. And it climbs to the top of Whiteside Mountain. Once you get there, it just opens up and you get these absolutely most remarkable views way, way, way high up uh, on these uh, granite cliffs there at, at Whiteside. So definitely an opportunity at almost every step of the way you're going to have, once you make it to the top, you're going to have the, the cliff basically to your, to your left. And it stays like that for pretty much the entire hike until you make the loop to come back down into the to the parking lot. So it's not hugely demanding, but the views are remarkable. The first stretch getting from the parking lot up to the top, you um, yeah, uh, you, you definitely are going to get your heart rate up there. But it's 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 very very doable. If I could do it, anybody can do it. So it's very doable. I bring this one up just because of maybe the sentimental value. It was my daughter, and we were spending some time together. And uh, um, th- there's a couple of, of cliffs that you can climb up to that are just out of this world beautiful. So, Whiteside Mountain. Now, the very last one that I will talk about 
is one that I am going, and I'm, I've saved this one for last because I want to go back and spend a lot more time with this one. And this is in uh, the Limbo Gorge, and it's Wiseman's View. Now, you couldn't ask for a more accessible scenery. You can almost basically drive all the way to the top. So the hike here isn't really um, strenuous at all. As long if you can put one foot in front of the other and walk in a straight line, you can you can make it to Wiseman's View. But the payoff once you get there is absolutely stunning. So Limville Gorge, if you know this area, you know this well. But if you don't, it's it's often called the Grand Canyon of of Eastern America. So here, when you get to the top, there's going to be two observation areas um, that are perched up there. So you're going to be standing at about 3,400 foot elevation and about 1,500 feet below you is the Linville River. And directly across from that, you have two, two peaks. You have Hawksbill. Um, that's going to be on the left and you're going to have Table Rock, which is going to be on your right. And as I mentioned earlier, when we were talking about these small towns, when you're on 40 and you're driving, uh, if you look off into the distance, look north, you'll see Table Rock and Hawksbill. Table Rock, depending on on the weather and, and, and where you're coming from, you're definitely going to see Table Rock, but you, you can see Hawksbill uh, out there as well. Now, the coolest thing about this, uh, this, this particular hike, we'll call it, more of a destination, is, is the access road to it. So this is, uh, you're going to get up on the, uh, the Kistler Memorial Highway near Linville Falls. Um, you need a high clearance vehicle. And for us, um, we had one, so it was a ton of fun. There are ruts in this road that are half the size of a car, so you definitely want to be careful as you as you head up this road. But if it's amazing because it gives you the sense and this feeling of of uh, of just being in, in just really remote um, area. Again, the view is just I mean it, it's mind blowing actually when you and pictures won't do it justice unless you are seeing the pictures from a very very talented landscape photographer, which I am not. So I have to uh, have this one burned in my brain, not necessarily the pictures that can remind me of it. Um, but here's the really cool thing. As you're going up the Kistler Memorial Highway there near Linville Falls, along that same road to Wiseman, you're going to pass dozens of trails, including Linville Falls, Pine Gap, uh, Cabin Trail, Babel Tower Trail, Sandy Flats Trail, um, Cove Rock Trail, Pension, and and a whole a whole bunch of other trails. So, um, if if you want to, um, you, you could heck, you could probably spend a week there just hiking those areas. But again, know what you're doing, know what you're getting yourself into when you look at uh, at any of these the trails, especially especially in the Limble Gorge area. Please, by all means, be be cautious. All right, so that's going to do it and wrap up some of these trails. These are just. Um, most of the, the newer trails that we've hiked that I've been wanting to, to, um, to hike for a long time now, there's still so many on this list. I mean, my gosh, in North Carolina and these mountains here, you can, you know, you can hike for days. You can hike for days. There's so much to see and do and so much beautiful stuff. But I will leave you this. Um, the one app that I would definitely encourage you to download is called All Trails. This is going to be a lifesaver for you. I mean, there's a lot of guidebooks and there's other things that are out there, especially getting in maybe some Facebook groups some people that hike. Um, but all trails you're going to love because um, once you download that, then you can start to save. Now, it's free to download it, but then if you want to save some of these trails, I think there is a fee for it. It's very nominal, but it's going to pay off. Um, a lot of these places you go into, you simply do not have uh, internet service. So what you can do is you can download all these trails to have them 
offline. And just about any trail that you can think of, you have a description, you have directions, you can do topo maps, you can do um, uh, satellite view, whatever it is you want. You can read descriptions, you can see pictures. Um, it's been extremely helpful for me. It actually saved me. Um, actually, when we were on the Water Rock Knob, not saved me, but it helped me to understand exactly where I was um, because it's a little bit questionable with some of the side trails. So all trails cannot, uh, cannot encourage you to download that enough. One of the things that my wife and I have done ever since uh, we were married at, oh gosh, like 29 years ago now at this point, is getting out and just getting lost intentionally, just driving, going for going for a ride. And I think it's a great way to learn an area. It's a great way to explore, especially if there's inclement weather, um, you don't necessarily have to hike. But I mean, there's some really amazing places that you can go to and some scenic byways and, and back roads that you can travel in Western North Carolina that are full of the beauty of this area. So as we kick off this section talking about road trips and roadside chill places, there's a book that I want to refer you to, and I highly recommend it. Can't recommend it enough. It's called Touring the Western North Carolina Backroads by Carolyn Sikowski. This is the third edition is the book that I have. It's been so helpful and useful. It's broken up into... 21 different tours, though it's pretty much covers the entire span of Western North Carolina from Sparta uh, in the east all the way out to uh, Murphy uh, in the west. It has, again, 21 different tours, all different kinds of roads. There's a description of what you'll see in each of these regions and reaching these areas. Can't recommend the book enough. It's been really, really helpful for me. It's a resource guide that I have and I hold on to. Uh, and one of the uh, first ever tours that I took really was just sort of a section of it was uh, Highway 215 coming out of the Waynesville area. Uh, we actually were just on that this past weekend, my wife and I and, and our youngest daughter. And it is a uh, it's a pretty remarkable um, route because it's it just seems so remote. The section coming from Waynesville on 276, Waynesville down to I'd say the Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, there's a that's where it intersects. That's the part that seems the most remote to me. There are a lot of switchbacks. It'll go through some really steep canyons, uh, waterfalls. You will you will cross over uh, Sunburst Falls, it, which is absolutely amazing. And you can you can pull over the side of the road and uh, hike down to Sunburst Falls. You can also go down to a natural spring, fill up uh, really really clean spring water. So that's an interesting ride if you are prone to car sickness. It may be one that you want to uh, take a little slower. And as you go from the from the Blue Ridge Parkway down to Rosman, you still are uh, scenic, but you have, for, at that point you have a lot of access to like 16 different waterfalls, including um, one of the uh, uh, Courthouse Falls, which is on the backside of Devil's Courthouse, which is right off the Blue Ridge Parkway. But that is up in Balsam Grove, that's what begins the headwaters to the um, to the French Broad River. So a lot of people, if you're familiar with this area or if you've come to Asheville, you know the French Broad uh, River. You've seen it. It's really wide. But at its headwaters, at the base of uh, Courthouse Falls and Balsam Grove, it's uh, clear, um, pristine, beautiful flowing over rocks, ledges, drops. I mean, it's really just a remarkable place. So Highway 215, the really cool thing is that the intersection of Highway 215 in Rosman you can you can really kind of make a circle. You can make one big loop, and I don't want to spoil 
and give it all away if you're going to um, if you have an interest in grabbing this book. But you can make a very long loop starting in Brevard, going up 276, heading south on the Blue Ridge Parkway, um, heading to 215, then going south. I mean, there's so much to do that you would you would actually miss a lot. So our approach has been to try to do the, some of these scenic drives and little bits and pieces and make sure that we sort of uh, take in as much as we can along the way. So Highway 15, highly recommend it from Rosman all the way up to uh, Waynesville. Another route that I really love is 276 that I've already referred to. Most people here really know that as the forest. So from Brevard at the intersection of Highway 64, going into um, uh, two, or excuse me, up 276, up through the Pisgah National Forest. That's where you have Looking Glass Falls, and um, you have um, oh gosh, what is it? You have Sliding Rock. You have the Cradle of Forestry. You have Pink Beds, and then you will wind and serpentine through some S turns all the way up to the the Blue Ridge Parkway. And at that point, if you turn and go left or go south, then you start to climb and you will ultimately end up at the highest point on the entire Blue Ridge uh, Parkway. So a lot of scenic overlooks, vistas, remarkable hiking, and also some, some great waterfalls that you'll see as well. You can take the North Mills River National Recreation Area Trail and be on it for hours and ultimately end up either at 276 or even some areas. I think they're maybe locked off now, but you can you can actually approach the, the Blue Ridge Parkway as well. So many places around here that you can just get out, get off the, the highway, the, the, the normal paths, get on some gravel, and just enjoy yourself. No discussion about scenic drives in Western North Carolina would ever be complete without talking about the Blue Ridge Parkway. And it really just speaks for itself. However, one thing that I would love to share with you is an app that I found this past year uh, during it was actually during COVID during all the shutdown. Uh, but they came out with uh, an app on the Blue Ridge Parkway. It is an interactive app that you can download and purchase excuse me, you don't have to purchase, you can download and you can do section by section. You can see the areas of interest that are around there. You can see um, facilities and services that are offered along the Blue Ridge Parkway. But my gosh, um, you can get on that and just go for literally miles and miles. Just understand it's going to be crowded, especially as we get into the fall. So um, that's one of the reasons I mentioned some of these other driving and scenic routes um, that you can take to to still enjoy our scenery around here. Another, and I'll leave you with this one because there's so many, but another route that I love is um, Highway 441. This is in Cherokee. So as you are heading from Cherokee on 441 towards Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, um, you have the uh, O'Connor Lufty Visitor Center. They just introduced elk, um, I don't know exactly how many years ago, but it's 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 a recent reintroducing or, or reintroduction of elk into um, the Great Smoky Mountains. Remarkable. And when you see them next to your car, because they'll be crossing the road, it is definitely a sight to see. Stay in your car. Um, the the uh, the park rangers are very very strong in enforcing not coming anywhere near the elk so just be as you would with any wildlife just be cognizant of those you know the bear the the elk the other wildlife that's out there but 441 the reason i mention this is because 
um, even if you don't want to go all the way to Klingman's Dome or way up into the Great Smoky Mountains, anywhere along the Oconaluftee River, you have remarkable um, pullouts. You can sit there. I've done this. You can sit there and just, I mean, you can relax for a half a day just taking in the it always seems like water is running and rushing through this river, sometimes higher, sometimes lower. Obviously, it's all naturally fed, but it is a great place to, to just hang out with the family, to have a picnic, to just drive up and down. Fall is obviously going to be an amazing time, but any time of year, as long as it's open, is a great time to be um, driving uh, Highway 441. So those are just a couple of the highlights, some places that I have found. Hopefully, um, it will uh, be helpful to you if you don't know about some of these roads. And I said that was going to be the last one. One last one I do want to share with you is Hot Springs. Hot Springs is a great little town. And I didn't really go into that when I was talking about some of the small towns. Um, Hot Springs, if you don't know it, look it up. It's a remarkable place. It's it's very small. There are a lot of bed and breakfast there. You, it is a very walkable downtown. It's just not... Um, you can see a lot of it in, in really kind of a half a half a day. But the reason I mention that is because if you stop at the Hot Springs Visitor Center, which I highly, highly recommend, it's one of the most interactive, uh, welcoming um, visitor centers. There are a ton of resources available to you for free. In fact, that goes for just about any of our visitor centers around here, regardless of what town that you're in. Stop, pick up some free maps, and ask the people in there. Ask, hey, listen, if you had one day, where would you go? What would be the thing that you would do? That's what we did. We just complete. I mean, we live here, but we acted like we were a complete tourist, and we didn't know anything, and ended up getting some maps to some barns. It was a barn map. And we took this route, and we saw in one day, I mean, it was cold, dreary, rainy. We wanted to go hiking up a max patch, but the weather didn't agree with us. So um, so we just went for a drive and, and, again, intentionally got lost, sort of, with a map. But we found some great little places to eat. We found, um, gosh, 15 or so different barns that are that are that are part of the history of, of Madison County. So there's so many places to get out. My my big encouragement and the big takeaway would be get in your car and go. Even if you aren't physically able to go out and hike some of our trails around here or get out and enjoy them uh, in a uh, you know backpacking or on a kayak or floating the rivers or whatever, just get out and drive. There's so many places that are absolutely breathtaking and uh, in our day and time we we need that kind of a respite. So far and wide, Western North Carolina and Transylvania County in particular are extremely well known for the number of waterfalls that exist in this area. Uh, in Transylvania County alone, I think it's reported that there's 250 waterfalls. And all across the mountains of North Carolina, I think the number is upwards of like 500. Don't quote me on that, but I do believe that's a number that I've heard. Anyway, there's a ton and we have tried to get out since we've lived here over the last eight years and visit as many waterfalls as, as we can. We still have many, many, many to click off the list. But one resource that I want to share with you is a book. Um, it really, this is the quintessential resource for waterfalls in North Carolina. It's written by an author called Kevin Adams. 
the book I have is the third edition. Um, I've been talking with Kevin. He is actually going to be coming on the podcast in the fall. We've been trying to do it. He's working on a new project. And so that's kind of been pushing him back a little bit um, in, in terms of being able to come on. So I'm excited to, to, to hear what he has in store. But And I have no idea what that is, so I'm not going to give anything away. I just know that he's busy working on a project. But he is the quintessential and foremost authority when it comes to North Carolina waterfalls. His name is Kevin Adams. This is a phenomenal book. I have it. I highly recommend that you do too. But some of the ones that we've been exploring more recently is we've been intentional again about sort of getting out. I mentioned to you on Highway 475B, and this was a complete accident that I ended up finding these other five waterfalls. We, as I mentioned, I was wanting to get out on this road. I took my dog. We had an early morning. uh, We struck out, and we were up on making a coming around a a bend and a little switchback. And I looked down to the left, and and it had been raining the last couple of or the couple of days prior to this, but there was some huge flow off to the left, and. Um, major and I got out and we hiked down, we got down to the base of it and it was a really pretty cool waterfall, great swimming area for him. But when I came home, I was telling my wife that, man, there's just so many, you know, there's so much to explore up there. I want to take you back. I want you to see this particular waterfall. And as I started doing a little bit more reading, boom, it showed up that there's five that are in this area. And I think that the one I saw wasn't even one of the ones that's listed, um, just based on the description. So I've taken my family back. We've um, hiked to uh, Discovery Falls and on our way to Log Hollow. We've got three more to see there. Um, I could see some of these off, off in the distance through the trees, but I definitely want to explore that area a little bit more. One that my wife and I saw recently, we were driving up to Blue Ridge Parkway to go to Craggy Gardens uh, Visitor Center to do the Craggy Gardens out, um, Overlook. It was super, super, super crowded. This is right after... A lot of the parks began to open back up and people were trying to get out of the cities and come to the mountains to uh, to recreate. So that's fine. We let them have their space. And we just drove up the road and ended up coming across Glassmine Falls. Um, it's about mile post 361 off the Blue Ridge Parkway, Glassmine Falls. Um, so that's about seven miles south of Mount Mitchell. After a really, really good rain, um, this really skinny waterfall just cascades down a huge cliff. It is it's pretty dramatic, actually. It's uh, it's beautiful. You can hike a little section of the mountains to sea trail there as well. I also mentioned Highway 215 earlier, and that has not only become a great um, route for us in terms of scenic rides, but the um, the waterfalls in that area. There's so many. I think I mentioned that you can see like 16 or so. We have not visited all 16. We have visited um, a few. Uh, and one of those areas that you can pull over, you can see three. Um, it's right near, it's in the town of Balsam Grove. Um, that's where the Living Waters Ministry is. Um, it's uh, sort of this iconic red craftsman style, older home just built right on the side of a, a cliff right near these waterfalls. But uh, there's Twin Falls. It, the parking is super simple. It's private property, but they allow you to go there. So I highly recommend it. You can swim, but it's really, it's really pretty. So you have this gorgeous Twin waterfall. Um, so you have the French Broad Falls and the Mill Shoals Falls, also called Shoal Creek Falls. Um, both of them are about, I don't know, 15, 20 foot tall, but it, it it's really cool because it's right at the intersection of the North Fork of the French Broad and Shoal Creek. 
and you can spend man you could spend some time there just kind of playing in the water be careful obviously this is a waterfall it's pretty safe where you where you are and where you come in from the house but if you keep walking down that path the amazing thing is and i i i was blown away um we were just there this past weekend um this is our second time uh, going there and but the first time was like 8 years ago so i sort of forgot a little bit about this um but as you as you walk down the creek there's and we have we've had some really good rain. There was solid flow all the way down to this last waterfall, which is called Cathedral Falls. Um, again, can't um, encourage you enough to check this area out. But it's this humongous, large rock monolith with these falls going over it. And those that last falls in the section, as I, as I said, is is Cathedral Falls. So that's pretty remarkable. Um, I think you would uh, definitely love that. Be very, very careful, as with all waterfalls that you visit. Um, it can be very slick. My daughter, even this past weekend, she slipped and uh, fell in an area that um, we, you know, I was probably being more comfortable than I should have been and, and should have warned her a little bit. She's fine. Everything's fine. But it was definitely a good learning experience um, for, for us. So leaving Living Waters after you've checked out Cathedral Falls and you begin to head north on 215, the next fall that you're going to come to is going to be Courthouse Falls. And it used to have a road, an access road that was a, uh, that you could drive right up to the trailhead. And then from the trailhead in, it was about seven tenths of a mile. Now that gate is closed off. So if you want to go see Courthouse Falls, there's a, it really sort of starts with a three mile hike in along uh, this gravel road till you get to the trailhead another seven tenths of a mile then you're hiking into the the base of, of courthouse falls after you leave courthouse falls you continue to north you're going to come to dill falls after that you're going to come to wildcat falls which is right uh well it's about eight tenths of a mile past the intersection of the the blue ridge parkway and then the next one that you're going to come to is going to be sunburst falls this one is the one i referred to a little bit earlier we were there this past weekend it's so beautiful you have the waterfall that actually is flowing under Highway 215. So as you're approaching it to the left, you'll see the, the a huge set of ledges and waterfalls. And then as you round the corner, you can park on the left-hand side, and then you can hike down into the base of the Sunburst Falls. It's very steep. It's very doable, though. Just be very careful. It's a great swimming hole. Uh, but it is a uh, a wonderful area. Again, remember I said there's like 16 different waterfalls. We haven't seen nearly... Um, all of them, these are just sort of a handful of waterfalls that we saw, or excuse me, that we've seen right there in that area. The last set of waterfalls that I'll leave with you that we've been checking out, uh, there's two different areas. One, is, and both of these are headed towards Highlands and the Cashiers area, but one you're going to come to is Gorges State Park. So you'll have to turn off the road to head to Gorges State Park. It is, um, you'll have to hike to these waterfalls, but the payoff is is enormous. They're, they're absolutely beautiful. You have uh, Rainbow Falls, and then you also have Turtleback Falls. At the base of Turtleback Falls, there's a huge swimming hole. A lot of people um, will slide off uh, Turtleback Falls. And just uh, down uh, stream of that or down river of that, actually the first one that you would come to would, would be Rainbow Falls. But you can, from Turtleback, you can circle back, come back to uh, Rainbow Falls. I, f I forget how tall this is, but it's huge. And there's a ton of rocks. Um, you can swim there. You can swim right up to um, the falls. So we love Gorgeous State Park. Also, another area if you're into off-road riding, if a Jeep or Land Rovers or, you know, trucks or 
lifted trucks, whatever it is you have, you can go riding and do some off trail riding there in gorgeous state park as well. I wanted to be sure to mention these last couple of waterfalls to you, because if you are someone that has a difficult time uh, getting down to falls, hiking, these last couple are going to be wonderful for you. One is upper whitewater falls. The um, entrance is, as you're going near Gorgia State Park, it's going to be on the left-hand side. You will be able to drive uh, into this um, really accessible parking lot, and then it's just literally a very, very short hike to an enormous view. One of the most beautiful whitewater, uh, excuse me, waterfalls that I've seen. In fact, um, we moved here eight years ago or so. That was one of the very first waterfalls that I ever checked out. But um, we've recently been back. Uh, We loved it. Um, just be very, very careful there if you happen to, I mean, you should stay within the perimeter of the overlook area, but some people will venture off to get a little bit different view. You can do that. We've done it. Just, uh, just, just be careful. Um, but the, so that's upper whitewater falls. When you have really high flow, if you have an opportunity and you know, there's been raining up there, get there as soon as you can, because the payoff will be huge for you. The last two, I love, well, there's really three, um, but two of them are easier to see. And as you're on Highway 64, um, continuing towards the Highlands area, you're going to come to Bridalvale Falls. It used to be a, a waterfall that you could actually drive behind. It looks like a little pull-off. You could drive behind it, but uh, they have all that blocked off. Um, it looks like the road is uh, deteriorating a little bit, but it's a beautiful little waterfall. And just beyond that is Dry Falls. Um, whatever you do, I can't tell you how many times I've ripped up and down 64 and didn't pay any attention to this and, and, uh, shame on me. But if you're on 64 headed towards Highlands and you get to dry falls, do yourself a favor, pull over, stop, pay the $3 fee and walk down to this, uh, to this waterfall. I mean, the, the parking lot is within feet of the waterfall and it is one of the most remarkable, most beautiful waterfalls I think I've ever seen. It's called Dry Falls because you can actually walk in behind it. Um, the colors are there are, are remarkable. The greens, the the golds, the, the colors on the rocks, the colors on the trees, the algae that's there. I mean, it's just the moss and the lichen. It's just, it's just beautiful. So you have uh, Dry Falls. And then as you continue further down the road, you're going to come to Kulasaja Falls. Um, I don't even know if I said that right. That's going to be on your left-hand side. It's an enormous one. There's not a lot of parking there, but you can see it from the road, especially if you're coming and traveling um, uh, from the other direction, from, say, like uh, Western Carolina University. If you come up that way, you can definitely see it as you're approaching it. So that's it. There's waterfalls. Again, I'm going to highly recommend that you get the book from Kevin Adams called North Carolina Waterfalls. You will not regret it. In this episode, I was going to try to share a little bit with you about some of the mountain bike trails that I've ridden, that I've discovered. Um, They're new to me. I didn't discover them, but they're new to me. Um, I think we're already kind of getting a little bit long in this episode, so I'm going to kind of come back to that, save that, and come back to that for another time because it is an activity that my daughter and I have been enjoying uh, together. The uh, riding around here is world-class. You have... Brevard College has the National Mountain Bike Champions. I don't know how many times they've won it, but it's it's a few. I've had friends that have lived here that have moved out west, and they still talk about the mountain biking here. Out west is definitely special, but um, they they love and miss the riding in western North Carolina. But the reason I did want to make a mention of that is that there are a number of trail networks around here. So you have the DuPont uh, State Forest, 
You also have the North Mills River uh, area. You have Bent Creek. They're huge, enormous network of trails, not only single track, but you also have um, some old logging roads or fire roads. And I've enjoyed those too, especially when it's too wet to ride the trails. You can get out and you can ride some of the, uh, some of the gravel. I did want to share with you a little bit about some of the outfitters that I have uh, come across some places that I patronize. And I realize fully that you can get um, deals at big box stores and you can get equipment through mail order, um, whatever that, that may be. But I wanted to bring up a couple of these outfitters. I'm not sponsored or paid by any of these, so nobody's paying me to, to, to tout their, their stores. I've just really come to love their, their service. And there's a couple of um, places that I wanted to kind of highlight. One is it's in Black Mountain. So if you're in that area, it's called Take a Hike. It is located right off uh, Highway 9 when you get off the interstate. Um, I think they opened in like 1999, and I may have been shopping there just as I travel through almost ever since then. But Take a Hike is a wonderful place. They have an, an amazing selection of apparel, um, gear, uh, clothing, both performance clothing and just kind of some casual outdoor gear. But the really cool thing about them is that they are, um, first of all, they're informative, they're knowledgeable about what they do, but they have this this sale clearance rack that I'm telling you is like second to none. You get some amazing apparel in there for 40, 50% off, um, whatever kind of hats, shoes, boots, sandals, chacos, jackets. I mean, you name it, this place has been one of my absolute go-to. So that's Take a Hike in uh, Black Mountain. The other one is The Hub and the Pisgah Tavern. They are located in uh, Brevard, right at the entrance to the Pisgah National Forest. And I am not a, you know, I don't even know if I would call myself an intermediate mountain biker, probably the beginner to intermediate level. You know, I'm still riding on a Gary Fisher from like 10 years ago. So but the reason I mention that is because this place will sell these mountain bikes from twenty five hundred dollars up to ten grand, you know, and they have never once looked down their nose at me when I've come in for service. They've um, serviced my bike a, a couple of times. They put new tires on it. They retrofitted a couple of different pieces on it, um, shocks, brakes, whatever it may be. And even though I come in there with this bike, that's, I mean, it was a thousand dollar bike. So for me, I spent a lot of money on it 10 years ago, but you know, as opposed to, or compared to mountain bikes today, I mean, it's, it's nothing, but they have always treated me like I had just spent $5,000 on a bike. So I can't talk enough good things about the hub. Uh, and there's also a, a tavern they have their, uh, you know, you can go ride the, you can park there, then go ride all these just world-class mountain bike trails, come back and have a, have a cold beer. So, um, they're really, really good people. Um, the other one I want to mention is Headwaters Outfitters. Uh, they are up on uh, Highway 215, um, very much about all things fly fishing. They are an amazing, they're just amazing people. Um, we've, we've done a podcast with, uh, with them before. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to that, um, born and raised in that area. It is a part of a family business that has survived for years. It was almost sold, but the daughter, Jessica Whitmire bought that out. So listen to that episode as well about Headwaters Outfitters. They also have a tap room, which is right on the side of the river. So you can do fly fishing. You have, um, canoe trips, uh, tubing trips. You can rent paddle boards. Um, they also have all the gear and the uh, accoutrements that you could think of for uh, fly fishing. Um, Sundog Outfitters, that's not here in North Carolina, but again, we're covering the Blue Ridge Mountains. 
and we go up into Damascus, Virginia. Sun Dog Outfitters can't say enough good things about them. They have been our shuttle and our provider up on the uh, Virginia Creeper Trail, which we absolutely love. And if you're in North Carolina, you certainly have to talk about Mass General Store. This is a really, really cool store. Uh, the original is in Valcrucis, which is just south of, of Boone. They have a great store in Boone. The Valcrucis store was my first exposure to it. Uh, but we have one here in um, Hendersonville. There's one in Asheville. I think there's one down in Greenville now. It's a, it's a really cool store. So if you're ever in Hendersonville, I love ours because it is just a – true throwback it's two stories all the old candy you can imagine when you were a kid is there at mass general um every single christmas i am buying somebody something from there because they have such great great deals and then lastly i would talk about diamond brand outfitters they used to be located in fletcher just down the road from me they're in downtown Asheville now so that's great for them not so good for me i'll still will go in there but We've always been treated well. We've been treated fairly. We feel like they have some great prices on things, and they also have a sister or brother or whatever you call it, uh, frugal uh, backpackers, which is also sort of a, a sort of an outlet from them, I think. Um, but anyway, that's a list of outfitters. So if you're here, there's not going to be a shortage of places to get shoes and socks and jackets and gear and whatever it is that you need to hit the trail to do that comfortably to do it responsibly and that's going to about do it for all of the places that we've been checking out since we have started exploration local since we've been intentional about getting back out into the outdoors and exploring all the amazing places that are right here in our backyard and there are so so many i hope you enjoyed this episode and perhaps learned about a new place or two for your next adventure i want to encourage you to continue getting outside and enjoying all that our natural resources have to offer you don't necessarily have to always travel to the mountains or even to the beach look for those places that are right there in your hometown there has never been a time in my lifetime where i feel like we need a place or places to enjoy nature and decompress. The world is coming at us at warp speed and it will take us out if we aren't careful. If you'd like to connect with me about any of the places I mentioned, please email me at mike at explorationlocal.com. You can also message me on Instagram or Facebook. Take care of yourself, watch after your loved ones, and always remember, until we meet again, I encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Explore local.